Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are again with another random monster from a random monster manual. This week, I have Pathfinder's Second Edition, Bestiary Number One, as they only have one Second Edition so far in hand. And I have opened very early on to page fifty. Matt, this is just one of those you're you're just not going to get. Just sure. a, it's just a monster name. They're called the Caligni, or I guess if they were Italian, they'd be Caligni. I kind of like Caligni. I guess I'll spell it C A L I G N I. Caligni. Kalinyi's lurk in subterranean cities, creeping to the surface to steal, stalk, or make mischief. Each Kalinyi serves in a specific role and grows into a specific form, as determined by supernatural traditions and influences in Kalinyi society. Regardless of their size or role, all Kalinyis are gaunt, with pale flesh and white eyes. Some surface dwellers call the Kalinyi dark folk, a term they dislike because it doesn't reflect either their appearance or character, only their environment. So these are an option to Drow or Svirfneblin or Duragar. Yep. Just a dark a dark race. Uh yep. Okay. Yeah. They're just kind of pale, pale dudes. Kind of a uh, Morlock type. Yeah, they are Morlockian for sure. A bit of history for you. The Kalinji legacy. They're descendants of humans who millennia ago fled underground to escape a devastating cataclysm and begged malevolent shadowy demigods known only as the Forsaken for salvation. The Forsaken warped the refugees into tough survivors, but at a price. Every Kalinyi that dies combusts in a burst of energy that provides a scrap of soul energy to the Forsaken. The greatest irony of the Kalinyi's bargain is that the Forsaken themselves mysteriously vanished long ago and no longer answer pleas or prayers. Today, Kalinyi still burst into light upon death, but their soul energy no longer feeds a mysterious pantheon of shadowy divinities. How many adventure hooks did I just say right there? I lost count. I can I can think of several. It's it's almost like they the Kalinyi were in order to survive this cataclysm. They, I guess, sold their soul. And then well, sure, yeah. when they die, that's that's them repaying that. Exactly. Yeah, it's... Oh, gosh, there's got to be something somewhere that that I'll give you this power, but when I call upon you, 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 you do my bidding, essentially. Oh, yeah. It's like a Dracula thing or something like that, yeah. Yeah, these, these, are, these are so cool. So, so cool. A campaign where... It's the origin of the Kalinyis. So you're doing the cataclysm and you're following the people down underground. A campaign where they they have to find the Forsaken. They have to figure out what happened to the Forsaken who are no longer around. A campaign where, sure, the Forsaken disappeared, 
but somebody else is using is somehow harnessing the Kalini spirit energy and using it for God knows what. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could do all of those in one if you introduce time travel into your into your yeah campaign. yeah a time travel or some an idea I've always had was each player rolls up like three different characters and you're basically just jumping in a timeline story and depending on the timeline they're playing a specific character I was just thinking the same exact thing yeah maybe the characters are all related somehow great great grandparents or yep, descendants of some kind yeah, yeah something like that and it'd be really cool to to have player a be play the great great grandfather of player b in party number two exactly. you know it doesn't have to be so that way they're not all stuck playing a drow every single time or or whatever oh yeah definitely that that could be really cool that's a super a super long game, like, we we definitely expect to be hitting level 20. Well, I guess not level 20, but we expect to be playing this for years. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. say you reach level 4 with timeline A, are you going to scale them accordingly in timeline B? Or do you make them stay low until they reach those levels? Oh, I'd make them earn it. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to. So that's the that's the the onus on the on the DM to balance to balance it and make sure everybody every timeline gets its fair share and I suppose you could just do a session of of ABC BCA you know but sure. as long as you hit all three before you start over again and almost make it What's it? What is it when you hit a milestone? milestone? Almost make it milestones rather than XP, unless you're building your XP very specifically. But at this point, I prefer milestone anyway. I do too, but that's one of those things where you could use it judiciously, where maybe you have kind of the the quote unquote main campaign, and they're following an XP track, but then the other ones are following milestone. That way, they can oh. level up on maybe the same track as the the main campaign whilst while doing you know less work sure yeah yeah that's not bad that's not bad maybe every every two games of of campaign a there's a b or a c exactly and in that that one for b and c you're doing something pretty specific and pretty substantial so you're going to level yeah. up pretty much every time oh yeah it's it's a big chunk yeah exactly yeah so there, they give us three different types of Kalini. There is the Dancer, which is a level one. They serve as intermediaries between Kalini clans. Then there is the Creeper, a level two. The most widespread of the Kalini are the mischievous Kalini Creepers. And then there's a level four, the Kalini Stalker, and they're often leaders of Kalini enclaves. Okay. So all around their, their abilities are kind of relatively the same. They have, let's see, the, the dancer has distracting frolic, 
the the trigger is when an ally within 10 feet of the dancer rolls on a saving throw against a mental or illusion effect. The target ally can roll the save twice and take the better result. So they're just not using the term advantage because this is Pathfinder. This this is Pathfinder. Yeah. yeah. They have death flare when the dancer dies, their body combusts in a flare of white light. All creatures, not not just enemies, all creatures in a 10-foot emanation must succeed at a DC 17 fort save or be dazzled for 1d4 rounds. Kalinyis that fail this save are also frightened. Jeez. Well, I yeah. guess that makes sense. I mean, your your party member just died, so. But why? I mean, isn't that just seeing? That's just the way they die, right? Yeah. So essentially, shouldn't shouldn't your your party members have to roll against fear too? You know. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things where seeing seeing their own mortality might be what it does or seeing that the their soul is escaping yeah something very specific it's a bit more there's something exactly, more there yeah. yeah i get that as this isn't a magical effect the light has no effect within magical darkness interesting and the last note about the dancer is that they have dancer's curse the the kalini dancer touches a foe and curses it if the target fails, a DC 18 will save. This is a level one. I was a say. DC 18 will save is. That's really high. Yeah. It gains clumsy one and stupefied one. The target is then temporarily immune for 24 hours. These conditions persist until the curse is removed. The victim can attempt a new DC 18 will save once per hour to end the curse. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's either you hope your level one cleric has a remove curse, which I didn't even know if you can at that level, or you just keep rolling and hope that it, it hope, hope that eventually you, you go into RP and don't have to worry about it really, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then your, your GM forgets about it for the next combat. Yeah, right. And then you just, you say, oh, I forgot about it. It's been four hours. Let me roll four times and hope that you get it. Yeah. So the, we'll move on to the creeper who has death flash instead of death flare. The same, it's the 10 foot emanation, but it's a DC 17 fort or be blinded for 1d6 rounds. Okay. Creatures with light blindness who successfully save are still blinded for one round. And mind you, all Kalinyi have light blindness. Wow. So this, I love this idea of them really being potentially hampered by this. What a good note. Yeah, it, it definitely adds a lot more kind of role-playing aspect to a combat where you're, as the party you see just the domino effect and it doesn't yeah. really happen to you guys. It happens to right. the enemy. Assuming. Well, yeah, that's true. That, that not only do they get hit with it, but they get, they get something else as exactly. well. So let's see the Kalini dancers fort save is a plus seven. So they only got to roll a 10 to make that save. Yeah. That's not bad. 
this reminds me a little bit of the methods. You know how we planned, like, if you kill a certain one in a certain order, the way that their their death burst yep. would help. Like, I could see if you have a whole bunch of these almost, like, coordinating when certain things get killed, assuming you've you've killed enough of them to see what they can all do. Kind of coordinating that. Like a timed release capsule of, of Kalinye death. <laughs> and it uh, it's cool. I just like that idea. I, I like the idea of creating a combat that would allow for that to happen. Absolutely. And hopefully you have a a group that is smart enough and aware enough where they're going to see that coming and uh-huh. be able to fall into that proverbial trap. Yeah, but it, like a good trap, a trap for the, for the, yeah, to benefit them. Yeah, a trap with jelly beans in it. And the Kalindi stalker, oh, so the, so the creeper has nothing special, none of the dance or anything. He has some like innate spells, but it's darkness and, and detect magic, so. Okay. That was the creeper. The stalker has death flame. When they die, their body combusts in a flash of white hot flame. All creatures in a 20-foot burst take 5d6 fire damage. Oh, okay. Yep. DC 21 basic reflex save. I'm assuming that means you take half if you pass that. Yeah, I would imagine. And the only... Oh, he's got a couple things. He's got double double slice, which means he just makes two attacks and adds precision damage, which I don't know what that is. And let's see. Encircling command. Each Kalinyi creeper within 30 feet of the stalker can step. Each creeper can benefit from encircling command only once per round. So step, I don't see anywhere. I'm assuming it's a spell or a spell-like ability. I'm assuming something to do with a shadow walk or... or uh, Probably a, a face something, step, like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they all have, I think they all have on their weapons, something called black smear poison. At least the creeper and the, the stalker do. Okay. And that actually has its own little thing here. Many Kalinjis use a debilitating poison crafted from subterranean fungi. It is. That's so many of these, these, with, with Pathfinder One, first edition, I guess we 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 very very often understood what the heck they were talking about. It it translated pretty well, especially because yeah. I did I did experience a bit of five or three five rather. But there are so many so many things in here, so many keywords and things in in second edition that I'm just like. Mm, I'll have to guess. So it's it's usage held two hands, even though it's a poison that hmm. presumably you're smearing on a weapon or something. Saving throw is a DC 16 fort. Maximum duration is six rounds. Stage one is a D6 poison and enfeebled. Stage two, same as stage one. And then stage three is a D6 of poison and enfeebled two. So it just weakens you. It, it's an additional oh, yeah. D6 of damage and it weakens you. And I'm not... And it it doesn't stack, but that's what the... 
the stages are, I think, or is that if you fail the first time, you move up a stage? I think that's, that's how it works, That's what it is. Right? It yeah. gets worse as you fail. Yeah. So that's the, that's the Kalini. Oh, and, and let's see, treasures. Kalini treasure. Many Kalinis hide shiny baubles and trinkets beneath their dark rags, keeping them out of sight of their greedy kin. They also keep several doses of black smear poison on hand to incapacitate foes. So yeah, that's that's not bad. Your barbarians up there swinging away at these things, and they they land a couple of hits with a dagger with black smear poison on it. I imagine enfeeble is just like less less damage or weakens your strength mod or something like that. I think so. Yeah. Does that stack if two if two hit? Are you rolling? For separate dose, I imagine you'd be rolling for separate doses, right? I think you are, yeah. Especially if it's two different creatures, yeah, that are doing the attack. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would have them roll that. It's early on enough that, like, you can throw something that that seems kind of hard, but really isn't that bad at them. And this is a really good example of that. It's like, yeah, you're weakened, but presumably only the barbarians getting it and if they're all focused on him and he's got stacks of enfeebled everybody else is still dropping a house on these guys exactly especially once you start hitting them and getting that domino damage yeah, going that death flash yep yeah how many so so the dancers won and they do the clumsy and stupefied the creeper is a level two and they do the blinding and the stalker is the level four who does that like five, the creep five D six at level four. That's pretty hefty. That is, they do that five D six of damage when they explode. Let's say a party of a level four party. What do you, what's the, the party of Kalinyis that you throw at them? Hmm. I would probably, I think I would go with two of the the stalkers. Two of them. Okay. Yep. I'd like to, if, I'd really like to kind of put that fear of God into the players where if one of them blows up. Oh, yeah. Then you know that, that the other one will. Yeah. Or, or, hear me out. Presumably they'll be aiming for the weenies first. True. So they, they kill a dancer and they see, oh, it does this. And then they kill a creeper and they say, oh, it does something different and it's a little worse. And they've been hammering away at the stalker for a little bit now and they clearly see that the stalker, because there's only one and it seems beefier, they're assuming something different is going to happen. Is that enough anticipation? I, I like both ideas. I do really like the idea yeah. of them being caught kind of, no pun intended, blindsided by by this thing exploding after seeing one blind and one stupefy, you know, and then and then just being straight up terrified and saying, OK, we can't we can't have any melee in there doing that. Exactly. I, I'm with you. I think both are, are valid. But because you go from basically status effect, status effect to 5d6 damage, I think that having the, almost the, the terror and the anticipation of seeing number two kind of come up in 
in the midst of them. Yeah. I think that would be enough once they realize what's really going to happen. They also have a sneak attack, mind you. So do you do you make the the second stalker come out after the first one is gone? No, no, I don't think so just because I wouldn't have it wouldn't be the only two yeah. Kalini in there. Right. So there would be enough to draw the fire so that you're guaranteed that they're not going to dispatch the first two in the same round. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe as the DM, you strategically place them far enough apart that the the, the surviving one doesn't get touched by that 5d6 in a 20-foot burst. Absolutely, yeah. I would make sure that 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 one, if it doesn't come out at a later juncture in the combat, at least it is moving around the battlefield to the best of its ability. Yeah. I mean, presumably because you can even explain it away that these things know what happens upon the death of their compatriots. So they know to be far enough away. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I like, I, I also really like the idea of them taking out the stalker and then in that subsequent explosion, getting a dancer and a, a creeper in there as well. Oh, yeah. It's just that one, two, three of, of yay, we took out the big guy. Oh, and we took them out too, but I just took 20 damage, and I'm blind and stupefied and, what is it, clumsy? Yep. Yeah, and clumsy. Like, just just you fail every one of those saves, and you're right in ground zero, it goes from, wow, we just took out three to completely swapping the tables and saying, I'm I'm out of this fight right now. I have to make three different saves or two different saves and heal. Yeah. How angry would you be as a player if you <laughs> if you did you you hit that that one and he just he blew up the killing blow, no less. The killing blow, and you get that kind of rush of endorphins, and then the the GM just kind of looks at you across the table and says, okay, roll, roll me a fortitude save. I, and then continues to ask you to roll saves. Right, right. Yeah. It's hard for me at this point, even as a player to separate, like to turn off my DM brain. So I think I can really appreciate it happening. Sure. And presumably it's done well enough that it it feels like a strategic fight for both sides and it it would be hard i think it would be hard for the the first emotion to be anger i think it would be like you got me that's good i'm i'm okay with that yeah. you got me there i yeah these guys are cool yeah i could see it's not available here but i could see if a player Wanted to put in the time to craft it. I could see this being a playable race. Sure. I mean, it's just like, it's just a a dark. Honestly, it could be drow stats with a different skin. Yeah. Because you're not terribly concerned about that. That explosion when they die, because they're not going to die. Or if yeah. they do, like, you want it to be epic, so you just remember that, oh, this is this guy's playing a Kalini. Exactly, yeah. That's that's just flavor for the end if it does happen, 
whereas you know it, everything else is is fairly benign in terms of of who they are and what they can do yeah it's not it's not super it's not super specific it's i mean yeah. you could make the dancer i would even say if you wanted to play a bard and call yourself a kalini dancer then I would give them. I, I mean, you'd probably tweak the the abilities a little bit, but you you could give them the distracting frolic, sure, or the dancer's curse, or give the stalker encircling command. Maybe and I don't think that would really work because it's only it only works with other Kalini. Yeah, but you could you could adjust things as needed. Yeah, I mean, you swap out that for bard spells or whatever. Yeah things like that. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that being a playable race. And, you know, and then if if that player dies and everybody is just sitting there shocked, <laughs> then all of a sudden you just have to you have to be the jerk that says, "Okay, yeah. everybody, while you're standing around, you know, mourning the loss of your mourn- your bard." Yeah, exactly. Everybody roll me a fortitude save. <laughs> yeah. What if you if you as a player had to play one of these guys, what's the what's your explanation? What's your backstory as to why you're with a, an adventuring party of of what, like an Aarakocra and an elf and a human and a dwarf? It's kind of hard because they're 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 take Take the chaotic evil aspect aside. Yeah, they're pretty much dwarves. They're uh, drow, rather. They're they seem very kind of they keep to themselves and they they yep. don't really want to do do much. I will say, if you wanted to kind of ascribe an adventuring spirit, it could always be that search for what happens to the souls after oh, after yeah. we die, or what happened to the forsaken. Or what happened to the Forsaken, yeah. exactly. If you wanted to play something like a cleric or a, you know, a monk, maybe something along those, something that's fairly religious, so to speak, I can uh-huh. see that being the kind of the, the hook. But then the just the idea of, okay, our souls were being consumed for this long, and now, now they're not. Now our life kind of has no purpose, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we there was a grander plan, I guess you could say, for a long time and now there's not. Uh-huh. Where where do those souls go and where where is I guess the the end of the rainbow so to speak? Yeah. And that that alone is just an adventuring hook for for your Kalini. That allows you to as the DM, that allows you to pull that in as needed. Oh yeah. Meaning you don't that doesn't have to be your overarching storyline. You can pick and choose here and there if you wanna if you wanna pull it in a little more in depth or not. But but that that's kind of the A, that's a really cool story. And that's that's a that's a boon to your DM too. Oh for sure. That's really cool. Yeah, and I think that even opens things up where if you wanted to do a flashback and just Ooh, do like a one shot. Yeah. Yep. Just uh, say, you know what, say you have a a weekend where you guys are playing and one of them, one of the crew can't make it. So instead of the, say, the normal group of four players in a DM, you have three in a DM and you run a, 
a flashback to when maybe the cataclysm. Yeah. And you just do something like that and kind of build off that mythos. And then you don't really have to, A, you don't have to cancel your session, which nobody wants to do. Uh And B, you can still keep it within that world. Or, yes, but or, say the person playing the Kalinji wants to DM for like a game. True. They run that session and your DM gets to play. Absolutely. Still, still in your DM's world, kind of, you know, it's still in that universe. Yep. It's just. It's in the neighborhood. It's just not on the street. Yeah. Yeah. So how many time release capsules, time release Kalini, would you give the Kalini? It's not, it's not flashy. They're not, they're not a flashy monster. Yeah. They're not immediate. Wow. It is a hard one because individually they're kind of blah. Right. If you were to take like just the stock, well, the stalker's pretty cool. If you were to take, and honestly, the creeper is the only one that's, that's meh. The dancer has those dance effects and stuff. The stalker has the big boom, you know, but, but again, it's not, it's not fireworks. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a sparkler if anything. Yeah. And because of that, I would probably knock it down a little bit, but the whole mythos behind this entire race of creatures I would say probably a seven. Wow. Because, okay. Because you can build a campaign. And if you can take one of these creatures and make a PC out of it, I think that gives mm. you some bonus points. Sure. Yeah. I think there is there is a lot of potential here. A lot of potential with, with the story that they've given us and just the idea of the, the race and, and the, I guess for lack of a better term, ecosystem that they live in. There's a lot there, and it's it's a nice. We're seeing more and more of these examples of, oh, we're going into a cave system. We're going underground. We don't always have to fight drought. We don't always have to fight oozes or rust monsters. There are other options. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to have that in your kind of in your bag, as opposed to having to. Either use the same old, same old, or just reskin something. Yeah. Yeah, a reskin, if you're clever enough, a reskin works just fine. But this is, I mean, this is here for you. Might as well use exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They put in the time to make it different and unique. And because of that, I, I think you should use as much of these resources as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Pathfinder. Thank you, Paizo, for that. And that is it for this week's Random Encounters. Thank you so much for listening. Come on back next week for another random monster from a random monster manual. Goodbye. Hey, Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.